the first week we talked about being captivated. And, and as Dave Nelson was saying, that's kind of where the, the journey begins. It's the time in your life where you really start to fall in love with Jesus and start to understand His love for you. It's, it's a time of full discovery, of revelation. It's, it's, uh, it's a time that's really awe-inspiring. It's awesome. And, uh, and that's where it starts. It's almost like the first steps of a romantic relationship, being captivated by God. Last week, Dave Elsog talked about being grounded. And if you were here, uh, you know that was all about learning who God is and understanding the foundation of building our life upon His promises. And uh, it's a stage in our life that's just full of meaning, where you start to get a lot of your questions answered, and it's, uh, it's a great time of, of fantastic spiritual, spiritual growth. I, I, in fact, I think the first two stages of the critical journey can actually be kind of summarized in this verse I just want to share with you really quick as we get started here. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10. See if you can find the stages in here. In uh, verse 8, it says this, God saved you by His grace when you believed. Now, uh, listen, you can't, you can't read that verse in a monotone. <laughs> you got to understand the tone of that verse. You can't be like, God, God saved us when we believed, and rah, rah, go God. You, know, you can't do that. It, 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 what's being said here is God saved us. Anybody want to say amen to that? All right, that's the tone. God saved us. Party. That's celebration. That's what Paul is saying here. Can you feel the, uh, the, uh, the elation? That's being captivated by God. I'm glued to his face. Grabbing him by the ears, looking him in the eyes. I'm captivated by who God is. Okay, but it goes on to say this. A little dis- disclaimer here. And you can't take credit for this. Oh, okay. It's a gift from God. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. See, that's where the captivation turns into this grounded phase. Paul quickly grounds us and say, by the way, you're not that good, right? You didn't do anything, by the way, to create any of this. Yes, you believed, but it, it, all the doing was God. All of that was, was God's idea to save us. Woo! Remember? Good. It's celebration. And God did that for us. I think that really captures the first two phases of the, of the critical journey pretty well. But it goes on, and here's this, this third phase, this third stage that we're talking about today. Verse 10, for we are God's, what? Masterpiece, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, he did all of this so we can do good things that he planned for us a long time ago. So see, when I fall in love with God, when I, when I learn that Jesus Christ has died for my sins, when I start to understand what he's done for me, when, I, when, when I, I, I get grounded in that, something happens in my heart, and I feel compelled. <laughs> I feel compelled. It's like when you're in a love relationship. I am compelled to love Beth in my, my marriage because she loves me. Now that's just miraculous in and of itself, that this woman would love me. Look at me, Right? Some of you know me, and you're like, I know, that's a miracle. <laughs> I feel compelled. I want to fall in love with this woman, and that's what, what Paul is saying here. Because of what God has done for us, we are his masterpiece that he's created so that I can do 
I'm compelled. I want to give back to him. I want to get into the game. I, I want to use my life for him. That's the whole entire third stage of this critical journey that we're talking about. Some of you are in that. And you're like, I know, I feel compelled. Some of those people on the video that you saw there are like, man, I do what I do. Not because it's rocket scientists or it's brain surgery or something really hard or anything like that. Because some of those, those people up there are overqualified. We've got professors up there and architects, all kinds of other people that are overqualified. But they do what they do. Because they're compelled. Okay, but there was a little tiny word here in Ephesians, right? And here's the word that's used to describe us. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Which literally means to construct, to make, to form, to put together, to fashion. We are God's masterpiece. Okay, so I brought a masterpiece today to show you. You may not think it's a masterpiece, but uh, here's my first attempt at art. It's going to break. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, here's the deal. Um, I wanted to play with my welder, and so I went out to the garage, and I didn't see anything except some old silverware that my grandmother had given me. Yeah, she doesn't know yet, but I thought she would be uh, a surprise. She's going to be surprised now. But, um, and so I started welding things, and it started to off as a joke. I just thought it was funny. And so I started welding things, and I hit it with some, some spray paint, and I brought it in, and I showed Beth. I'm like, look. And I thought her response was going to go, oh, great. You know, I'm just going to be like, you don't like it? I want it displayed in our home, you know? <laughs> I was going to have some fun with this, but I brought it in, and it backfired because she says, she goes, that is amazing. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) No, it's really not. She's like, did you make that? Uh, Yeah, that's amazing. And she went out, and she bought a pedestal, and it's on display at our home now. I'm like, man, had I known that, I would have actually put some time into it, right? (laughs) But apparently, she thinks it's a masterpiece, whether or not I think it's a masterpiece, and I'm taking bids on it if you want. I I don't don't know. I I call it cleanup. I I don't know. I wasn't really inspired, just wanted to tack weld. But anyways, <laughs> Ephesians says we're God's masterpiece. And in and of myself, it's, you know, by itself, these things aren't really worth much. I think that's why my grandmother gave it to me. She's like, I'm cleaning out my house here. I'm like, oh, okay. And, but when it's all put together, you're laughing. Why? Do you not like this? <laughs> I'm deeply offended. No, I'm not. it's hard to believe right Um, but the very nature of the word masterpiece the very nature means that it's not a copy see a masterpiece isn't something that that comes off the assembly line unless it's a Ferrari but it's not it's not mass-produced a masterpiece is a one of a kind you know if you're working on custom motorcycles they call it a one-off uh, where can I get that motorcycle? Where can I get that part that you, you bolted on there? Oh, you can't. It's a one-off. It's a masterpiece. It was created only once. And that's what God calls you and he calls me, that we are we're masterpieces. See, God doesn't make a copy of anything. We are originals. He, he, he doesn't make a copy of a tree or he doesn't make a copy of a, a, a plant or an animal. He never makes a copy of a human being. You are unique. And I hope you really hear me well on this, that you're not a copy of anything. You are absolutely unique, and there's no one else like you in this world with your blend of, of gifts and talents and abilities and, 
and, and the, just the way you smile and, and the things that you do and the, and, and the way you look. There's no one else that is blended quite like you. God designed you uniquely as an original. Why? Because originals are always worth more than copies, aren't they? <laughs> copies aren't worth much. Originals bring so much more value. So back to Ephesians. Look at this. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things. Here it is, right here. That he planned long ago for us. What are we going to do? The things that God planned for us long ago. He's already got an idea of what he wants us to do. And he planned it out and he created us as masterpiece so we can do what he planned. Long ago, even before we were born, God says, I've planned you, I've thought you out, I've got a purpose for you, for your life. I've uniquely shaped you for, for something that only you can do. Your, your DNA is a special combination only for you. I've made you, you, so that you can accomplish only what I've asked you to do. And only you are able to do that. See, doesn't, God doesn't want you to be anybody else. But, but here in this day and age, we try to be everybody else. <laughs> as much as we want to be individual, we try as hard as we can to be like each other. And God says, don't do that. I want you to be you. But here's the problem, and here's the crux of the day. Some of you don't like you. <laughs> and some of you don't, don't really feel like you're a masterpiece at all. Some of you feel like you're Kind of a joke, you know? At best, maybe you want to be masterpiece. And, and you don't like you. So some of you don't feel like you're a masterpiece. Some of, some of you don't feel like it's okay to feel like you're a masterpiece. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not any good. And it's just false humility. God celebrates you. God celebrates you because he made you a masterpiece. And here's the deal, when I start to know how much God loves me and I start to know that my life is in Him and I start to understand that Jesus died for me and the value that He puts on me, it changes my life. And I start to understand that I've got a critical role to play in this larger story of who God is. So in order to enter this third stage of this critical journey that we're talking about, you have got to know your value. And, and if there's anything that you remember walking away from today, don't remember this, right? Don't even think about that. If there's anything that you can remember walking away from today, I want you to know the value that's placed on you far exceeds anything else. And, and it doesn't actually matter whether or not you believe it. That's the cool thing. It doesn't, it's not contingent on whether you actually get it. God says that you're valuable, hands down, unbelievably valuable. So in the time that we have left, I want to prove that to you. <laughs> and I want to go to some scripture that, that beyond a shadow of a doubt will leave you, my hope will leave you understanding your value in Christ. And so we're going to spend a few moments in the book of Corinthians. And uh, as it comes up here on the screen, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, here's the deal. Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth. And, 
And in this letter, he is trying to tell them. He's talking about the fact that they are, are, are a little part of something way bigger than they actually understand. That, that, that this passage, in this passage, he gives this unique word picture that, by the way, I think was supposed to be funny. And, and so he gives this word picture, and, and, and he, reads it to, uh, he writes this letter to the people, and I think they get it. And, and so in order to set up the passage, what I want to do is I want to read the last verse, and we're going to just discuss where it ends up, and then we're going to go back and tag the verses in front of it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says this, now you, and you have to understand this word, you, is a plural. It's not meaning you, or just, just you, it's meaning you, 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 you. If you're on the East Coast, it's you guys, right? It's you. It's all of us. Now you, together, plural, all-inclusive, you are the body of Christ. Pause. Just, just sit there for a second. You are the body of Christ. Now, if you spend any time in church, some of you have just checked out right now. You're like, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> I've, I've got like five notes on this passage right here. Because we hear this all the time. If you've, if you've been in church, you're the body of Christ. And there's still some of you that are thinking, no, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not the body of Christ. Jesus was here, right? He walked, he did miracles, he lived, he breathed. He, he, he died, he rose again. He had his own body. We're not the body of Christ. But Paul is saying here, no, 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 this is metaphorical. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are now here on earth a, a, a representation of, of the body of Christ. Just you? No, you. All of you, when you are in Jesus Christ, are the body of Christ. But it goes on here, because there's a comma, and he goes on, he says, and each one of you is a part of it. Not only are you a part of the body, you are part of it. Collectively, you are the hands and the eyes and the feet and the ears and the, all the other things of the body of of Jesus Christ. In other words, what Paul is saying is, okay, listen, <laughs> you're a part of something pretty big here. You're, you're, you're part of something that's, that's alive. You're part of something that's really organic, that Jesus Christ set up here on this earth now, the body of Christ. And individually, you're a part of that. And, and, and you're included in the body, which means you're just not a part of the body, but you are a, you're a part in the body of Christ. You're, you're, you're something in the body of Christ. But together, as believers, we are the body. The body of Jesus Christ. Now there's, there's so many different kinds of people that are sitting in here today. Some of you have known Jesus Christ for maybe only two weeks. <laughs> and some of you have, have known Jesus Christ maybe for 20 years and, and, and so I just want you to sit and listen to this for a second, no matter where you're at, because this is a pretty radical concept, that there's something unique that happens when we come together that doesn't happen any other place. That when believers in Jesus Christ assemble and come together and be part of the body of Christ and start doing life together, something happens. Something really big happens. And what that is, is I begin to experience Jesus Christ through you. And, and, and you begin to experience Jesus Christ through me. It is so weird how he did this. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you this before, but I'm struggling with this thought. I'm just going to throw it out there and let you struggle with it too. That, that God is just not enough for us. Okay, throw stones. <laughs> Get off the stage. No, God is just not enough for us. Why? 
because Adam needed a helper. He, he was lonely. He needed somebody. And so as, as we come into communion with Jesus Christ and we start to understand who Jesus is and, and God and, and even the relationship of God himself, the Trinity, God the, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are in community with one another and God has created it in such a way that I need you because the more I hang out with you as the body of Christ, the more I understand about Jesus. And the more you hang out with me, the more you understand about Jesus. Isn't that cool? It's incredibly organic. It's incredibly amazing how he did that. Okay, but we've got to go back to, to verse 14 to understand more of this value here. So scoo- scooch back up to verse 14. Here's what it says. Now the body is not made up of one part but many. If, if the foot should say, and by the way, I think that's actually the funny part. Uh, I think Paul was like making a funny here. But pretty much like hardly any of you laughed, so he would have bombed at K2. But, but I think he's trying to just be clever. And he's saying, if the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. And, and for that reason, would it, would it not cease to be part of the body? So in other words, see, your foot is not a part of the body because of the role it plays. Your foot is part of the body because it was placed in the body. So if the foot were to say, hey, the hands, okay, dude, the hands are really cool. The hands are agile and they're important and, you know, they have opposing thumbs and they can pick up stuff and they can manipulate things and all this kind of stuff. And I can't do cool stuff. I'm just a foot. I'm not part of the body. That's the point that Paul's making here. And we would say that's absolutely ridiculous. Of course you're part of the body. And just because you're not a hand or an eye or an ear or a mouth or, or all of these other things, it doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. You're just a different part of the body, but you're no less a part of the body of Jesus Christ. See, some of you here are struggling with that. I know, because I struggle with that myself. You're struggling with the point because sometimes we judge our value based off of what God has gifted us and the abilities that he has given to us. We, ju- we, we judge our value based off of that. Oh, I, can't, I can't speak you know, in front of crowds, or I can't play in the band, or, or I don't have this talent, or I, I don't do this, and, and, and my, 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 my position in the body isn't really well seen, or blah, 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 blah. And so we start to judge our value based off of our giftedness and our ability. I don't feel value. I don't feel special. I don't feel like my, my, my function is very needed, blah, blah, blah. And here's the deal. God says, wait a minute. I placed you in the body. I gave you your gift. Remember the whole masterpiece thing? Okay, yeah, remember that. <laughs> I made you. I gave you your abilities. You're in the body. And the fact that you, you, you don't know what your role is or, or the fact that you don't necessarily like your role or, or, or anything like that, please understand that you're no less a part of the body. Your value comes in knowing that God placed you in the body. Did you catch that? Your value, you, your value only comes by knowing that God placed you in the body of Christ when you come into a relationship with him. But I don't know what my gift is. Okay, that's all right. But I don't know what my role is. That's okay. I don't like my role. That's fine. But you still have value because God placed you in his body. Okay, but it goes on. Verse, verse 16. And if the ear should say... Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. Again, Paul is saying, just because you don't like your function or understand your function doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. 
our, our, our placement or our role determination in the body doesn't mean that we're not a part of the body. You know that little thing that hangs down in the back of your throat? Okay, what's that called? Yeah, okay, that thing. I don't know what it does for me. I have no idea. I'm sure it has a purpose. I, I only know that it allows me to go like this. That's the only purpose in my life that it does. My wife says it allows me to snore, but I don't believe her. That's all it does. Some of you feel like that. You're like, okay, that's the part that I am. I'm that little useless thing that hangs down in the back of my throat, right? Some of you feel like you're the appendix. Forever, we just thought that the appendix doesn't do anything. Must have been a mistake. Whack it out then. How many got theirs whacked out? Bad mistake because we just found out <laughs> that it's a disease infection fighting device. Wow, I just learned at church that I'm going to die, right? <laughs> it's, it's important. You need that. I hope you have it in a jar or something, you know? I haven't put back in. <laughs> you, you, you need that. But see, forever we thought, oh, it's just not very important. It's, it doesn't have a great function. You know what? You cut something off my body anywhere, I'm going to miss it. I need that. That's what Paul is saying here, is that we're a part of something bigger because we're God's masterpiece and he's really into the details. Verse 17 says this, if the whole body were an eye, okay, if you just think about that for a second, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I think this is, again, where maybe people are snickering at the synagogue, you know, when they're reading this thing and, and, and they're like, oh, check this out, what Paul wrote, the whole body were an eye, it's like a really bad Farsight cartoon. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? See, the eye is very, very extraordinary. It's a very sophisticated uh, uh, thing in our body. And the whole, uh, whole, bo uh, whole body would be in trouble if the eye wasn't there, right? And, and, and the whole body would be in trouble if it was just one big eye. It would be incomplete. It would be, it'd be very odd. But what Paul is saying here is that everyone in the body, if everyone in the body was the same, if we had all the same roles, if we had all the same functions, all the same giftedness, it, it, it wouldn't be good. It'd be disastrous. In fact, if, if we decided here at K2, hey, what's the greatest gift among the body of Christ? Let's just decide what that would be. Okay, let's just all do that. Let's just all, forget all the rest of the gifts. Let's just all do the greatest of all the gifts. We'd be hosed. We wouldn't be a body. We'd just be like that one big eye. And that's what Paul is saying here. And he goes on to say this. Verse 17, if the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? Again, just, just, just backing up that point. Now, here's, here's the next verse, and, and this next verse is really hard to believe, but if you were able to really, truly internalize this next verse, I, I, believe me, it would, it would revolutionize your life and your walk with Jesus Christ. If you were to truly understand it and believe it, it would change your life. Watch this, verse 18. But in fact, what's the next word? But in fact, what? God. Okay, but in fact, God. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Here's, here's what he's saying, is that when you have become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you've given your life to Jesus Christ, your place in the body, and God strategically has gifted you. God has strategically given you passions that are unique to you. God has strategically put you 
into the body and built you into the body of Jesus Christ just the way he wants. So what does that mean? It means you are significant. You're hardcore significant in the body of Jesus Christ. You're, you're, you're valuable. There's an indescribable valuable uh, importantness to who you are. You're, you're indispensable. See, God has arranged you and he's put you exactly where you want. And that's one of the greatest things that you could do for your life, for, for your walk, for this critical journey. One of the greatest things that you could grasp and start to understand is that, that God has purposed you to be you, not, not to be me, not to be the person you're sitting next to, to be you. He purposed you to be you. He designed you to do what only you can do. Unique. You're one of a kind. You're one off. <laughs> you're a masterpiece. And when you figure that out, I'm telling you, your life comes alive. You're, the critical journey that you're on takes a, a, a really sharp turn from being uh, captivated and grounded and it starts turning into this life of being compelled when you start to understand your value. And are, you're compelled to get in the game. And again, some of you are, are not feeling very valuable. And I, I, want, I want to keep saying that over and over again. Some of you don't feel like you're worth anything. And of course not. Because I need to say this, by yourself, you aren't. <laughs> Just by yourself, on your own, you're not because you were designed to be part of something bigger. Okay, example, I really love Beth's hair. I love everything about it. I love running my fingers through it. I, I, I love just playing with it. I don't like her hair. I like her hair when it's attached to her head. I don't like her hair when it's at the bottom of the drain. It wigs me out. Right? I'm much more excited about it when it's attached to her hair, her head. Apart from the body, I know it's silly, but apart from the body, your, your value is determined by where God has placed you in the body of Jesus Christ. Verse 19. Verse 19. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts but one body. You're valuable. You're indispensable. And God wants you to accomplish what only you can accomplish and what you were designed to accomplish in this world. That's what the whole entire third phase of this critical journey is about, is recognizing your value that God has given you. Again, it's, not, it's nothing that you brought to the table, right? <laughs> it's all God's doing. It's all His, his masterpiece in you. The clay, the clay doesn't decide what it's going to be. The master decides what it's going to be. And when we start to understand that value, He asks us to use that value for two purposes, to, to glorify God, with our life, to glorify Him, bring Him honor, and to serve others. Does that sound familiar? Because we always say this thing around here at K2, and it's a little bit different, but it's the same thing. Love God, love people. See, that's what you're designed to do. And that's what this whole entire third stage is about. That you can, and you actually do, play a vital role in the body of Christ when you realize that you are a needed, important, indispensable part of God's body. See, Peter, and I just want to sum it up with this verse here. Peter kind of says it like this. <clears throat> Each one of you have been blessed 
with one of God's many wonderful gifts. I don't feel like it. I don't care how you feel. <laughs> you, you have a, a, an indescribable gift here. Well, I don't feel very worthy. It doesn't matter how you feel. Again, the masterpiece doesn't determine what, what his design is. The designer determines the masterpiece. And what, what the Bible is telling you is that you have value. Whether or not you understand that, you have value. I don't know what my role is. It doesn't matter. You have value because you've been blessed with one of the gifts that God has given you. Well, it goes on to say this, to be used in the service of others. And here's the challenge. So, so what? So use your gift well. Do it well. If you're the thing that hangs down in the back of your throat, be a good hanging down little thing, right? <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're the foot, be a great foot. If you're the, 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 the elbow, be a great elbow. If you're an eye or an ear, all these other things, be great at that. Because that's what makes the body of Christ great, is that we understand our value and our role. And this, this, this morning, listen, this is not an attempt to guilt you into serving. This is not an attempt to get you to go out and become a, a kid wrangler or, 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 or work on the tech team or, or do, do any of that stuff or drive a golf cart. That's not an attempt of what I, I want to I share with you this morning. But rather, I, w- I want you to hear that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you're, you're a part of something far bigger than you realize. You, you just truly are. And, and understanding that brings un- incredible value to your life. And you know what? It's okay to celebrate that. <laughs> when, when we go into worship, do you celebrate God? <sighs> yeah. When you tithe, we're, we're instructed in the offering. We're instructed in God's word to give with joy. Be a cheerful giver. <sighs> But some reason, when it comes to us as, as being used in the body of Christ, we're like, eh, we're all right. You know? Many, for many years, I've struggled with this. Some, some people will come up after a message or whatever, and they'll say, wow, that was a great message. And I used to just say, well, you know, it wasn't the best, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Give all these stupid disclaimers. You know what I'm doing? I'm devaluing the part that God has made me. You know what the correct response is? Hey, Thanks. Thank you. I celebrate the fact that God uses me. Why? Because I'm really good? No. Because I don't bring anything to the table. It's because God made me a masterpiece. I've got to know that. I bring myself value? No. God brings me value. God brings you value. You celebrate that. And out of that comes true satisfaction, I'm telling you. Out of that comes, comes true contentment. Out of that, true purpose is found for your life. Out of that, when you understand what God has made you to be, do you understand if, if we all did that in this world? If, if, if every single follower of Jesus Christ, every believer of Jesus Christ would do that, if we would say, I'm not satisfied until I understand actually how I fit in the kingdom of God, I'm, I'm not satisfied until I know for certain what I was designed to do and designed to be, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just content to simply play golf and go on vacations and make money. If I'm not satisfied until I know how I fit and what I'm created to do. If we would do that, do you understand what would happen to this world? Do you understand what would, would happen here in, in, at K2? <laughs> do you understand what would even happen in Sugar House and, and this valley? And just If the believers in this world understood their part in the body of Jesus Christ and actually did what we were designed to do, I'm telling you, all bets are off because amazing things would happen. And that is my hope for you. That is my hope for K2. 
is that you would be released to do what you have been designed to do, what only you can do because you're you. And I don't really know what that looks like because there are so many different types of abilities and so many different types of gifts out here and passions. And if you want to take a first step towards that, it might look like volunteering. It might look like getting involved in, in Adventure Canyon. It might look like serving on the tech team. It might look like being part of the greeting team or working out in the cafe or, or, or something like that, but it may not. You can go, down to our, uh, go to our website and download something called the 50 Plus Ways. It'll tell you almost every single volunteer position here at K2. But there's some things that aren't on there. You, you may be totally wired. You may totally be wired to be serving down in Honduras. You may be totally wired to be serving in Russia and going on short-term missions. That might be your gifting. But outside of K2, you may be wired to be the best mom you can be and raise healthy kids. <laughs> you, you may be wired to, to be a surrogate, a surrogate parent for, for, for a kid that doesn't have a parent. You, you may be wired to, to just stay in your house. That might be your part in the body of Christ is just to stay in your house and fervently pray for the rest of the body. That might be your job but you don't know until you try it. You, you might be totally wired to sing. You might be totally wired to play. You, you might be totally wired to give liberally of your, of your finances and just be laundering money for Jesus, right? <laughs> I get the money, I give it away. I'm a conduit. That might be your job. You, 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 your job might actually to be a cheerleader. Okay, that's not an official job here at K2, but I'm telling you, I bet we're all thinking of one name right now. <laughs> Who cheerleads the best here at K2? There, 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 there are some people out here, maybe, maybe it's you, who I'm telling you, every time I come in contact with you, I come away full from the encouragement that you bring. That might be your job in the body of Christ, what you were designed to do. There's thousands and millions of other parts. But if we would honestly do that, if we would not be content until we found our position, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, K2 would be a different place, a radically different place. Everyone in Christ is valuable. Everyone in Christ is indispensable. Everyone in Christ is a masterpiece. That's what I want you to know as you walk out of here today. You can't put a value on you because there's only one of you. And you may not like the one of you that you are, but God celebrates you to death. Enough so that he was willing to die for you to make you a part of his body. Hey, band, why don't you guys come on up? I want to end with this. Um, came across this poem by Sarah Manley. In fact, I just, I know it's kind of weird, just, would you just close your eyes, because I really, I don't want you to look at the band or anything going on up here, I just, I want you to listen to these words and internalize them as if they were your own. This is called God Danced. On the day I was born, God danced. Did you really, God? Was it a, a ritualistic, dignified, bowed-from-the-waist kind of dance? 
Or was it just possibly a wild and, and, and crazy arm-flinging kind of thing? Did you pronounce somberly that here was another good girl that you had created? Or did you yell and holler and grab the guy in the corner and let him know that this time, this time you had truly done it. This time you had created a winner. This time, this one was going all the way. I hope you did, God. I really hope you did. God, I, I can't come away from today without feeling incredibly loved by you. Because God, if I would be really, really honest with myself, there are things I don't like about me. I, I, can, I can make you a long list, God, of all my faults and all my junk and the stuff that devalues me. And yet, you don't even care about that. Because you see me for me. You see me for who you created. And God, that makes me want to do this arm-flinging wild dance right back to you, to worship you, <laughs> to give you my life to live as you designed me to be. And God, would you, would you help us to be a people that would do that? To understand our indescribable value that you've placed on us. Oh Lord, we love you. In you is, is, is true purpose. <laughs> because of that, in you, I, oh, I find my true satisfaction. Thank you, God. Thank you that you see me as valuable. So, Lord, through our lives, we want to bring you honor and glory. Through our offering, we want to bring you honor and glory. Through our serving, honor and glory. Through, through our worship to you, honor and glory to the body of Christ. We love you, Jesus. Let that be your attitude as we go into worship. Indescribable thanks for what he's done. And during this first song, we're going to also thank him through our offering. And again, zero pressure. If you just feel compelled to give to God because he has just lavished upon you, just do that. But if not, feel free to let it pass. This is between you and your maker. <laughs>